This episode is brought to you by Columbia Sportswear. It's snowing again, and that wind chill is killer. But you're not worried about that because you shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection. It's warmth perfected with tiny gold dots that reflect your body heat inside and protect you from the cold outside. No snow or chilly temps can stop you now. Go out anyway. Shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection now at Columbia.com slash infinity. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's how she oh, got it. Oh, I don't believe it. That's unbelievable. He was throwing it up. He thought he had it. It was a little lollipop. And the man who did so well with the bat has taken his eye off the ball, and the ball has just dribbled out of his fingers. He was about to throw it up. Hey, great cricket. The great cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing cricket at the grade level. It's a tough, mean, dirty, dirty business being a great cricketer. A lot of cricketers, you know, that's all they know. They've mm. done it since they're 10 and they have a deep-seated fear of change. But the great cricket is all about being the most alpha version of yourself as possible at all costs and at all times. I don't bat or bowl. I just feel a gully, count the number of dot balls in a row, sledge 15 yards, make me feel better about myself. Thanks, Thanks champ. champ. Oh, no, you called me champ. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Grade Cricketer Podcast. Well, the World Cup is almost here, a mere few days away from match day one. We'll run you through all the warm-up matches and tell you what they mean and how nothing means anything under a Boris Johnson government. Smith scores 100, knocks England out of the World Cup after getting booed like he was David Warner. New Zealand smash India, but Coley's walking like a dude, feeling all cool. South Africa beat Sri Lanka in a warm-up battle for sixth place. Afghanistan and Pakistan go head-to-head to remind us they exist. Monty Panesar tells us that everyone is cheating always. Izzy Westbury uh, gives us the view from the UK, and Australian Wunderkind Wilbekowski joins us fresh off the back of a circuit, and we'll answer all your questions using the hashtag AskTGC. My name is Ian Higgins, and I'm joined, as ever, by Sam Perry and Dave Edwards. Boys, good evening to you, and the World Cup is mere days away. Oh, here goes. I'm, uh, I'm blown away by the clinical precision of that introduction. Uh, also blown away by how crisp your voice is on the uh, the Telstra ads that are coming through as well. You've got, you've got some good voiceover chops. That only took uh, four hours to record the 30-second ad. And, and just finally blown away by your 7% body fat and the 40 Instagram followers that you gained after I, uh, after I mentioned that. I saw a piece uh, in the Sydney Morning Herald today that I wanted to pick up with you uh, on air. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the elite private school dating app called Toffee. Yes. Uh, that was launched in Britain yes. last year. It bills itself as the world's first dating app for people who are privately educated. You're privately yeah. educated and wow. reasonably elite. Are you on this uh, on this app? Uh, I don't want to say that I'm one of the backers for Toffee, um, mm. but you know it's just finally nice to be able to meet someone, uh, excluding all uh, all people outside of anywhere that I grew up I grew up with. So, um, yeah, does finally. that dating app have a radius outside of 800 meters from the Oaks in Neutral Bay? Because I thought that was where you met all of your. Mm. Um, potential conquests within that specific 800 metre radius. And where I live as well, so mm. cheers. Yeah. Mm. Well, we've gone from World Cup to like ultimate localism in two minutes, 15 <laughs> yeah. seconds. Oh, we straddle the line, we straddle. Oaks. 
<laughs> yeah, that's and we, we're just giving the people what they want, um, lads. Before we get into the show, um, we did uh, uh, sort of uh, tease some huge new K oh, news last week. This um, is huge. Well, it's huge and true now. Um, that can be confirmed. Um, look, you know who better to last um, week? It was just huge. This week, <laughs> it's huge that's and true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, I mean, who better to uh, make this announcement than our uh, producer and friend of the show, Toby Shane. So here is the big UK announcement. That is very good. Thanks, Thanks, champ. champ. Oh, no, you called me champ. Champ, 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 champ. The Grade Cricketer is bringing their live show to the UK for the Ashes. Join Pez, Dave and Higos as they explore the A to Z of cricket. From club to country, from champ to chop king. With shows in Birmingham, Leeds, Manchester and London, The Grade Cricketer Live promises to tackle cricket's deeper questions like, why do we inflict this game on ourselves? What does work hard really mean? Will a tight chest and enormous pipes push me up a grade? And why is my father's approval so pivotal to my happiness? With special guests in each city, the shows will provide the perfect tonic to England's impending World Cup win and Ashes triumph. Head to thegradecricketalive.co.uk for details. Okay, so there it is. Massive news. We are coming to the oh, UK. Biggest. A world tour. A yeah. world tour. Uh, Birmingham on August 4. That's a Sunday evening. Then Leeds on August 6. That's Tuesday. Manchester the next night, August 7. And then we finish off the UK tour with, uh, in London on August 13. That is the night before the Lord's Test match, uh, Tuesday evening there in London. Um, you can get, obviously, all your tickets there at uh, thegreatcriticallive.co.uk. Um, so, bad Lloyds, uh, boys, lads. <laughs> Lloyds. <laughs> Lloyd's, Bank. Assistant. Lloyd's Bank. Lloyd's <laughs> Bank. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're, we're heading over. We're heading over. UK boat tour. We, we've worked hard on this for a long time. Uh, I, I mean, I don't even know what any of these venues are. He goes the Glee Club in Birmingham, mm-hmm. the Wardrobe in Leeds, the Dance House in Manchester, and Leicester Square Theatre in London. So the great cricketers on the West End. I guess mm, is yep. what we're Finally. saying, and, and, and you know, like we we had to do this tour because it sort of felt like there's something apocalyptic about this UK summer brewing. You know, mm. if it, whether it's England's World Cup win, uh, the impending World Cup win that is uh, Smith mm. and Warner's return, Anderson's farewell, getting chaired off with with Stuart Broad, we we just we felt like we just <laughs> had to be there, and uh, you know, obviously we're going to have some guests at each of these shows. As well, uh, so yeah, just wanted some early thoughts from uh, both of you on us in the UK. Well, I mean, Pez, I think we're ready. I mean, we've honed mm. our craft in Australia over several years, particularly last summer. It's kind of like what the Beatles did in Hamburg um, in the early sixties. You know how they reps. really, hot, yeah, reps, just reps, mm. club nights, doing those hard yards. I mean, we did last year. We did Adelaide. It was forty degrees. Jeez, it was hot. Our audience had rolled over from Adelaide Oval that had absolute gallons of pig's ears, you know, <laughs> blind as everyone there. That was a tough gig. We did the comedy store in Sydney two nights in a row, the Corner Hotel, probably Melbourne's most iconic music venue. So, jeez, mm. I'm hoping we're ready for this. Um, and if yeah. we're not, then I expect that we will delete the Twitter account finally. He goes, we're, we're, um, yeah. we're canvassing 
sort of um, Midlands, England, up into the north of England uh. to kick things off. Will we survive that early foray uh, hmm. into the UK, just covering the northern areas? Uh, will we? Oh, almost and definitely not. I mean, there's no danger we're getting to the west end. We're we'll, you know, we going north. That's what we're going south. Also, a good time to remind our uh, Australian fan base that we are going to be in Melbourne and Sydney the week before we take off. So that's the uh, the 25th and the 31st, Melbourne and Sydney, Corner Hotel, Comedy Store in Sydney. Um, so, yeah, we're just completely uh, selling out in all capacities, but also Global. just want you to buy tickets um, all over the world. So um, please do come along. Should we actually talk about some cricket now? 19, well, hang on. One, one more shameless thing to say. Here goes. Yep. Firstly, tickets come out, I think, next Friday on the 31st. But um, two, two shameless call-outs. First one. You know, anyone got tickets to Lords on day one and two? Or you? Um, <laughs> why not? Uh, yeah. you know, that's that's something. Second, if there are any uh, clubs or organisations or you know corporates with deep pockets uh, yeah. who are just sick to death of hearing the same mafioso of blokes tell the same stories about their exploits on the test circuit, yeah. we're very much available for hire on those days that we don't have shows. Yeah. You can call it shameless or yeah. financial justification mm. for coming over at all. Uh, but if your group is keen for some entertainment with material sourced after 1975, <laughs> get in touch with us at gradecricketer at gmail.com. If you need to convince your CFO that we're normal people who can explain mm. why club cricket selection contains more brutality than the arm wrestle for the conservative leadership, we do have a show reel. <laughs> Uh, and finally, yeah, if there are any tickets for Lords Day One and Two, <laughs> reach uh, out for West End as well. I'd love to go and go and see um, some shows. <laughs> yeah, can anyone hit us up for some free West End tickets as well? <laughs> oh, how far oh, we've yeah. come. We, we, just, yeah. we used to just ask for gloves. Now we're yeah. now we're trying to get tickets to matches of West End yeah. shows. Is Hamilton still on? I got some of those um, <laughs> uh, some of those ten pound tickets, but I was away when I was living in London. I didn't want to leave my dog at the house. If Hamil- any Hamilton tickets, love to see if Hamilton. Lin Manuel Miranda's listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, on the corporates. Yeah, no, but seriously. Um, all right, well, that's all the time we've got for this week's show. Um, it's been a pleasure. Um, thanks for tuning in as ever. Uh, we, couldn't, we couldn't do it without you guys, the fans. Uh, lads, there was a warm-up game um, that happened that was televised. Um, it, was, it was a 22-place, uh, 22-man game, um, just rotating squads endlessly, Australia mm. versus England. Australia um, have, knock, have successfully knocked England out of the World Cup already mm. um, with, uh, with, with a weakened side. So um, can we take away anything from, from this match, uh, Australia's seven? For two ninety five, but England two eighty odd all out. Oh, you can always take away things from anything. He goes. I mean, I Good point. Good point. Over, I mean, I've always said that. I mean, we I flicked over probably for the first twenty overs or so. Mm-hmm. I saw us going at around four and over, and I thought, well, it's nineteen ninety nine. We're off to a good start, <laughs> and that's fine because I liked nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. But, you know, we're now in 2019 or some shit and everything moves mm. at a frenetic pace, social media, 24-7 mm. news cycle, policy on the hop, short-form snackable content across all mediums. So you need to have a fast start. And if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. Um, yeah. Or at least that's what I thought. But, you know, we mm. beat England with a score under 300, so maybe it's 1999 again. That's what we want, isn't it? We want it to be oh, God, I want and that's like yeah. the, that's generally the vibe around Australia at the moment as well. Like uh, talking to a few friends and just just reading pieces and watching the TV. Like uh, this country more than anything else, like views sport through the prism of nineteen ninety nine. So as much as oh. England like heading to this World Cup with uh, an like an unparalleled record of winning over the last two years mm. and a very mm. stable side in a situation where Australia doesn't yet know its batting or bowling lineup, people will still say yeah, but England's a myth. 
you know, they'll try, <laughs> yeah, completely disregard them and overstate yeah. Australia's uh, ability. But Australia won. The two things I took away, he goes, and the two things that most people are talking about are one, Smith's got that fucking uh, frightening look in his eye that says, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been out of the game for a year, so I must now compensate with interest um, <laughs> in the kind of savant-style well, batting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you so know that um, yeah. Smith referred to the booze as white noise, um, which is an apt way to describe a Southampton crowd, white blokes making a lot of noise. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine being so switched on and just in the moment that you apparently don't hear all the hurtful things said about you. Like when, when I'm batting, when I'm batting, like I hear everything. Like I hear yeah. absolutely. Sometimes I'd hear the opposition slips cord just having a really good conversation and I'd be like, fuck, I wish these guys were my teammates. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he just blocked it out and he's got that look in his eye, doesn't he? That look. Yeah, I can't remember if I said this last week or if it was in the one of the four ghost casts that we recorded last um, last last month or so. But like, yeah, I, I was a, I was away uh, a couple of weekends ago on a boys' weekend, and um, one one of my mates had a couple too many drinks, and he also had that look in his eye just after mm-hmm. a couple of rums, you know. But yeah. it's a sort of different sort of look. Different. Um, that Steve Smith got. I tell you what scared me is that Josh Butler hit a fifty off thirty balls and just looked really at ease, and then just like just chip one to mid wicket. He's like, "Is it warm up game? I'll just I'll get out of here." Like he is, he's an don't want to show him too much. Exactly. Don't want to show him too much. Um, yeah. I know we, we rested um, Stark and Cummins as we endlessly do. Um, just rest all our best players because the next series is the most important match. Mm. Um, but uh, I'll tell you what I can't get my head around. I can't get my head around Coulton Isle. I don't know what he is. I don't know, I don't know what a Coulton Isle is. Like, I, I've never seen him you know, bowl particularly well and he bats kind of like nine and he's not really, like he, he threatens with late order runs mm. but never delivers. Uh, I think he's probably going to play and I want to know why. I think he's just that piece of the puzzle, he goes. He's a puzzle, mm. he's a puzzle piece. He's just a piece mm. of a puzzle and you need to complete the puzzle and without him, you can't complete the puzzle. I, I, mm. I think a, like a good <laughs> cool denial is like a, is a bit of a poor man's Pat Cummins, uh, and mm. then what elevates him into the national squad is the rig based selection. So oh, isn't he one? He's a, a good point. He, he, he's extremely good looking. It's a good if point. We just stop for a second. Conven- it's conventional good, good looks as well. Yeah. It's quite yeah. conventional. Could be any era. Put him in any era of Hollywood films, he, and I think he, is, he would yeah. be a leading man. He is. Mm. He's, a, he's a brawny Australian with like um, hairy forearms, which we implicitly trust. You know, mm. at a subconscious level, mm, at all uh, costs. See, see, at all costs and times. Uh, but when he bowls well, he gets up around. You know that he he he's really that Australian tick box cricketer, like of bowling quite quickly, hitting very powerfully, being good looking, and being a good bloke. Keith it's, Miller, what's interesting yeah. with the Aussie yeah. side is that, like, I think it will be between him and Nathan Lyon for that bowling spot if Australia oh, goes with three mm. quicks. Coulton I will be in and uh, and Zampa will be the spinner. And if they go with two spinners, which sort of seems to be in vogue in ODI cricket at the moment, then mm-hmm. Coulton I'll miss out. It'll be Stark, Cummins, Zampa, Lyon, and then a fairly conventional kind of batting order with Kerry at seven. Yeah, I think that's right, Pez. So just looking at the other squads um, all over the World Cup and basically everyone's playing two spinners. Yeah. Um, 
and you look at like even New Zealand, they've got Ish Sodi um, and Santner, Lion Zampa, um, you know, Adil Rashid, Dawson, Overs from Joe Root, Ali, you know, yeah. it's these sort of things. It's, it's, all, it's a real yeah. strong emphasis on slow bowling. So I don't see many countries. I mean, uh, India, when they played against New Zealand, they played three spinners. Well, we, mm. should, we shouldn't be just following trends for the sake of it, I, mm. I don't think. I mean, we're, we want it, we're, Australia is meat and three veg, you know. It's <laughs> yeah. three quicks at 140 and a spinner who we'll does a job. Out, and if we don't blast you out, we'll get a bloke on who can turn it a bit. But we will yeah. physically get you out before we have to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then when we start batting, we'll go at four and a half and over, be one for 75 after 15, yeah. you know, and, yep. and launch in the last 10. Mm. Yep. 1999. Um, <laughs> we're going to win the same World Cup as we did 20 years ago. Um I want to know uh, what you guys made of the, 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 the booing of Smith and Warner. I mean, we obviously touched on it there that Smith claimed he didn't even hear it. But um, we, I mean, was any, <laughs> any any surprises? Any surprises that that was kind of the, the visceral reaction? Mate, it's like it's going to be such a tedious talking point for the next four months, this mm. stuff. So and let's talk about be, it on every podcast. So let's talk about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Like it's going to be a talking point where both countries can engage in a pissing contest about behavioural standards, leaving both mm. exposed to the worst thing you can be in the pre-Trump era, hypocrites. But now mm. we're in the Trump era, so mm. we can say what we want, devoid of facts. So we'll say England mm. shouldn't boo and ignore many issues of rampant booing in our own country. Incidentally, mm. there's a good Adam Goods doc about to come out. And on the England side, well, you know, the atrocities of empire don't seem to be a check on their sense of ownership over the rules of civility either. So, in short, we both have heaps of fuckwits in our respective countries <laughs> who will continue to embarrass us and provide magnificent fodder for passive-aggressive journalists and Twitter wars. <laughs> Imagine if every, like, national team, like, when they were playing, they just had the in, in the back of their mind just the thoughts of past atrocities committed by their country. It would be really difficult to, like, win games. Like, I think oh it would God, be really helpful. We We'd be much better people, you know, to compensate for the atrocities of empire. I think so. Between every ball and between balls, you should be thinking about atrocities of empire and atrocities of your own country. I, like it. I get the feeling like some of these wickets are going to be so flat that, like, you know, Justin Lang is going to start looking for any edge we can get. You know, England's talking about hitting 500 yeah. in the innings. Like, it's not going to be long before, you know, we bring up, you know, colonialism. Yeah, so Justin Lang is going to get on Wikipedia and learn about England's <laughs> history and start bringing some insults and presses. Well, uh, overnight, Graham Swan did say, and this I think this kind of sums up the, uh, like, tedious tit for tat. It was like, oh, I hate the booing of Smith and Warner. Don't sink to the standards you might expect in Brisbane. Be better. You know, mm. like, the dog whistle oh. of, like, um, greater mm. civility mm. is just rampant, and it absolutely winds me up, which is absolutely mm. what he wants to do, and therefore mm. England win. It was yep. also good of him to, to yep. pick up on some of the uh, the, the undertones there of the Australian election, what with Queensland being a pivotal seat and whatnot. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, some of the, what um, do you make of it, he goes, though? I mean, I, I did follow your Twitter feed. <clears throat> All right. I mean, the election. I, I, of course, it was <laughs> the election. Let's go back to that. Let's go back to that. I'm telling you, Shorten lost it when he was running over a bridge with no arm swing. Um, <laughs> I mean, of course, it was going to happen. I just thought it was. I think it's a weird thing to do. Don't you think? Like when you go to watch cricket, there's already enough fuckwits. Like, like your number one thing when you go to the cricket these days is like, I hope no one with a fucking sombrero sitting in front of me because I can't <laughs> see anything. It's 120 dollars a ticket. I'm here for eight hours. It's 15 dollars for a light beer. You know, like and. And then, like, imagine if the person next to you is just booing a bloke um, who really didn't have much involvement in the thing that didn't affect you in any way. Um, Anyone that just boos a player relentlessly throughout a match is a fucking small-minded individual. 
Yeah, you weird. just don't really have a brain yeah. that's functional. And I will include um, the the Australians who booed Stuart Broad. And I, I, to be fair, I celebrated Stuart Broad. I, you know, I've no, those blokes were they were all right. they were all right. I've hit balls to mid on and not walked. So Stuart Broad, mm. fair play to him. Nick wanted to slip. Yeah, stand your ground, mate. He's paid his fees. Fair play mm. to him. But yeah, I, I mean, booing, <laughs> He's paid his booing, <laughs> booing at a professional athlete is is a weird thing to do yeah. um, in general. But um, yeah. but yeah, no, same likes that boo players the same people that wolf whistle women from construction sites. <laughs> <laughs> But also booing someone who's who's scored a hundred though as well. Yeah, it's like oh, he's brought up his hundred. Boo! Yeah, you absolute yeah. monster for being the captain of the side that ball tampered. I'm just, I'm just aghast at your behaviour. Still, you shouldn't yeah. be here. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. it's just a, it's just a wind up, and they'll get under their skins because they're humans with uh, mental frailties, and England will win. And this is what we've got to do to win. Well, yeah, that'll be the first of four yeah. months of conversation with yeah, this exactly. continue. But it's okay well, because we behave badly too, so because we do it, they do it, and, and it's a good Twitter war. That's a good point, Pez. Well, I mean, speaking of uh, tit for tat, uh, Monty Panassar's come out with his uh, shockingly autobiography, uh, his autobiography, his book, The Full Monty, um, <laughs> that England's bowlers use mints to alter the condition of the ball and assist with a reverse swing. Um, he said that he once used the zip of his trousers to rub up the ball uh, and noticed that mints and sunscreen affected the saliva when shining the mm. ball. Um, so this is a thing that we already knew, uh, but the Australian media's obviously taken this, this moment to pick this up to say that, hey, everyone's cheating and it's always happening. Yes, I th- like I, conspiratorially, you know, if I was working in comms at CA, I would I would commence the campaign to like broaden the discourse around who has ball tampered and like Monty mm. Panassar therefore is a double agent um, for cricket Australia. <laughs> I've read a good book called The Spy and the Traitor. It happens, you know. He's he's he. I, I don't know if he's defected yet. He did play for Campbelltown for a little bit. True. But yeah. Uh, and he West. says I might have also accidentally caught the ball in the zip of my trouser pocket to mm. rough it up a little. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, what, uh, unbelievable, isn't it, that other teams have ball tampered? You know, <laughs> can't believe um, it. Well, let's let's go. Shining let's go the ball in the zipper of the trousers. Well, I don't remember my whites actually having a zipper. But this is like the, mm. the bit that was interesting about this, um, because ball tampering is not interesting. It's been going on forever. Uh, yeah. it was when. Panasar told NASA Hussain that he was with former Australian spinner Greg Matthews and friends in London uh, mm. when he struggled to join a conversation and in Verticom's Connect with Reality and then Greg Matthews uh, <laughs> suggested to him that he see a hypnotherapist, which he later did. So let's just, celeb- <laughs> let's just separate a few things. Uh, firstly, um, it's good for Monty Panasar to address Take his mental health issues. That's right. But, from, but uh, let's just introduce Greg Matthews into this conversation. Yes, uh, finally. So when, yeah. Um, and Dave, Dave, I believe you said this, but uh, you know when you when you're taking suggestion or advice on mental health from, mm. well, I'm going to finish that. Let's just say he didn't come on our cast this week. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he joined a plethora of people who um, just left our messages as seen. Um, all right, let's let's move on to uh, India and New Zealand. They also had their warm up game. Um, mm. India were eight for a hundred, or a hundred for eight, depending on which side of the uh, mm. Atlantic you're, you're sitting on. Um, they ended up making about one seventy or something, and then New Zealand absolutely cruised it. Um, I was watching the highlights this before. Ross Taylor batted nicely. Kane Williamson does the job again, um, but that's not really the big t- talking point from this game. The big talking point is Virat Kohli's ad. Walking like a dude, feeling all cool. You. For tonight, bring the down red cause we rock says so. But before you step out, dear bro, that pimple's got 
स्माइल दिखना चाहिए पिंपल नहीं हिमालया मेन पिंपल क्लियर नीम फेस वॉश लड़कों के लिए नीम के डबल एक्शन के साथ ये जिद्दी पिंपल को आसानी से निकाले इंजॉइंग It more. Is oh, it yeah. important oh. in cricket to be the team that enjoys it more? Yeah, I can if you enjoy cricket, then you'll win cricket. That's yeah. that's the equation of cricket. There, and if you don't you, enjoy do you cricket, think so? you lose. Yeah. No, of course I fucking don't. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the enjoyment factor is only applies to some teams. Like Australians have never been allowed to enjoy it. You can't like, enjoy for, anything I, in Australia. But but New Zealand, not just cricket. You're not allowed to enjoy anything in Australia, mm. lest you mm. be called, you know, a, t- a tall poppy. Let's never forget this. Mm. Mm. That's true. We used to be able to have nights out, especially in Sydney. Not anymore. Mm. Cut those short. Yeah, can't do anything. <laughs> and that's in the same thing. <laughs> I feel like New Zealand, when they're enjoying their cricket, they're really, they're really, you know, playing well. But that's the opposite of Australia. Like we're we're enjoying it when the when the other team aren't. We're playing That's our best we cricket thrive. when we're like riven with like territorial <laughs> warfare, and we we all hate each other. Like the divide between the war and worn, just that. That's when we play our best cricket. Is when we're yeah. just at loggerheads with each other, you yeah. know, on a personal level. Hate, yeah. hate uh, is a huge emotional driver for Australian cricket, mm. and has been for quite some time. I have a piece coming out about this actually this week. Uh, and um, <laughs> whereas New Zealand, in keeping with their like reputation, global reputation of being uh, admirable, progressive people under the leadership of Jacinta Ardern, are mm. going to uh, catapult their way through to the semi-finals as the people's team. Uh, let's not mm. forget that they were in the World Cup final in 2015. Uh, they knocked Australia over in the in the round games before. Mm. Um, Mitchell Stark left. Brendan McCullum stumps um, all over the MCG. Stump explosion. Mm. Yeah, it was a stump explosion. That's right. <laughs> but there, every, there are a lot of people's pick for a semi-final berth and could go further. You know, Trent Bolt's one of the world's leading ODI bowlers. The conditions mm. are going to be favourable for them mm. as well, given that it's England. And you know, no one wants to say a bad word about New Zealand just because they're fucking great people, and we wish that our country was like theirs a lot of the time. Mm. I wonder if their batting's a little light. Like I, 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 that's that's my only. I mean, they have um, Gaptal up the top, who who can be an explosive player. Ross Taylor for me is a little bit. He, he might have two good innings in the tournament, you know, kind of thing. I mean, Kane Williamson's genuinely a world class player, but he's not the kind of guy who'll take the game away from you in the same way that England's have about four guys who can take the game away from you in like a power play. Mm. Um, I just wonder if that batting is just a, a, you know, and you know, f- for all the will in the world, Bolt's a good bowler, but they probably lack a. You know, a real class spinner as well. You know, Sodi and Santner, they're, they're decent they're decent players. But, you know, I, I can certainly see them finishing fourth. But anything higher than that for me is is going to take one of the other, the, the sort of three short, shorter price favourites to have a really bad tournament. And did I just can't like see that. Did you like the way that um, they did that captain's photo um, mm-hmm. and the way that uh, Kane Williams was kind of just hovering on the outskirts with a really, mm. really kind of... Mm. Uh, corny smile whereas yeah. everyone else was trying to look like a hard motherfucker like yeah. everyone he was like, normcore 
Mm. He was really normcore. Like everyone else was just trying to exude alphadom, the fragrance mm. alpha mm. by TGC or whatever it's called, Chopkin mm. by TGC. Mm. <laughs> or whatever it's called, the thing that we wrote. Yeah. Can't remember the thing we wrote. But <laughs> uh, that, that photo is fucking glorious. Yeah. yeah. I saw it was um, Dan Bredig, friend of the show, uh, yeah. on last week's episode, picked it up, and like you, there was a, just a lot of uh, parallels could be drawn with like India having their own chair, and there's Coley with a big fuck off leg spread, just oh. just his just his piece everywhere up in my grill, just mm-hmm. leaning, just reclining into a, a leather, you know, a leather lounge. Uh, it, yeah, a lot of metaphors there. Aaron Finch had kind of a one leg crossed over mm. the other in like this. Mm. Like you could tell that he'd never done that before. Like he's never crossed <laughs> his legs in that way in his entire life. Like it just looked really unnatural. Like the, just the yeah. glutes weren't quite there. It's like, you know, mm. he's never done that. He's never done that. Do you reckon those captain's days are kind of awkward? Where like you just you, you yeah. would know each other, you'd know everyone really well. But it's like, like no when you're at really a you know a to... trade show event and you see your competitors <laughs> there, and the bloke that's got the same job title for you for your competitor, and you're like, oh hey mate, I don't really want to chat to you, but I guess I yeah. should. I, yeah. I was having the same thought. The captain's days are like when you see people at a trade show event. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Pez, South Africa beat uh, Sri Lanka, who was still a test nation as far as I'm aware at the moment. Um, that would have been nice for South Africa to get redemption after them, uh, Sri Lanka beating them in the test series at home. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, redemption mm. secured in the yeah. practice match. Yeah, no one's talking about <laughs> South Africa seriously, are they? But they're a side that has, you know, Duplessis, De Kock, uh, Rabada, Stain, yeah. Fit, like... Uh, you know they can they can knock teams off as well. Yeah, there's a lot mm. of like that. Seven teams can do a lot of damage in this World Cup. Poss- you know, possibly eight. Mm. Um, so uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like we said last week, I think Australia turned up against South Africa. I'd have, I wouldn't have like a boatload of confidence that we'd knock them off. Mm. I think they're on a good side. Edos, let me put it to you that um, I, I think that. There's like a few teams that have no interests. They have, they have no right to be in this World Cup. No interest mm. in right really playing any games. They're just they're just going to ruin someone else's tournament. I'm thinking like Sri Lanka, West Indies. They're just going to they're going to uh, Pakistan as well. They're just going to put on it's like an amazing five star performance against yeah. one of the one of the favourites, and then they'll just ruin the like the, the you know the finals so, chances of you know someone who can actually win it. You know what I mean? They're just going to ruin it, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, we talked <laughs> <Yeah>. about the <laughs> like Gale we talked about the emergence of, of small parties last week, but. Yeah, yes. it's like, you know, Clive Palmer coming in and, and taking a small percentage, but preferences flowing, like, you know, the wrong mm. direction. They can just fuck up someone else's mm. good time, can't they? There's yeah, no other like reason what, for them to be in the competition. No, so. exactly. Like, like what I mean is, like, you know, let's say, let's say Australia's heading into the West Indies game, right, and, and Chris Gale hasn't scored any runs. You know, there's just every chance he gets 250, you know, against you, and, yeah. then, and then, you know, doesn't get another run for the rest of the tournament. But that's like in grade cricket when you're, um, you know, when your team can't make the finals, but you're in the yeah. last round or two, you're coming up against a team that can, or they're on the precipice yeah. of maybe not making the finals, and yeah. you pour your heart and soul into that performance like you have not done throughout the entire season. Because this is your opportunity to spoil exactly. someone else's party. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. if you can't win, like, you know, Pakistan and West Indies who have actually won the World Cup before, mm. like, if you can't mm. win, you've just got no right to be there. The no next best there, thing Pez. you can do if you can't win is to fuck someone else's good time. <laughs> That's exactly... I mean, it goes back to the point, hate is a powerful driver. Mm. I mean, this is this is the overall theme, name of the show, mm. most likely. Okay. Uh, Pez, uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan, what happened? Well, well Afghanistan won... Um, and then Australia plays Afghanistan uh, in mm. a couple of days. And mm. uh, 
Afghanistan have like uh, three spinners who um, yeah. are very good. Yeah. Uh, you know, one, one of which obviously is uh, Rashid Khan, is Mujib Uraman and Muhammad Nabi, uh, and they all played in the IPL and they all spin a web. And uh, you know, sometimes it's mystery, sometimes it's not. And talking about ruining tournaments, I mean, like Australia has a relatively soft start to the tournament, uh, but if they don't get that right then they're going to be in a shitload of trouble. So, you know, mm. uh, yeah, I mean, I, like, those who watch these closely know that Afghanistan aren't just there to make up the numbers. I know it's a horrible cliche, but, uh, mm. yeah, they beat Pakistan, so. Um, I don't think I can remember a bowler like Rashid Khan. Where I was watching him during the Big Bash in the last couple of seasons, and just batsmen can legitimately not pick which oh, way the ball is going to spin so awesome. and it's like it's so awesome just like that's like that's that's real skill yeah like like you know for me apart from let's like, say taking a wicket like the ability to like humiliate and deceive a batsman mm. like by spinning the ball away contrary to the way they think it is spinning mm. especially at that level must just be so orgasmic you know, like yeah. you, you are you are putting your bat down this plane, and I already know that it's going to go somewhere else. Like those infinitesimal seconds must just be wonderful for Rashid Khan. You don't know which way it's spinning. You get oh, paid I, to play. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember who sent it to us, but I think there was a clip, and maybe it was a I don't know New Zealand grade mm. competition. Uh, maybe it was last week. Maybe it was a few weeks ago of a leg spinner bowling to a batsman. Mm. And he bowled a, you know, he was bowling what looked like to be a leg break and it pitched mm. and the batsman went for a big cover drive. Mm. And he, the bowler obviously knew internally that it was a wrong one. And he yeah. did this weird little skip, like, as, <laughs> as the guy went to play the shot because he knew he was playing down the wrong plane. Yeah. And, like, at that moment he was having a mental orgasm. Yeah, <laughs> and you can never get that bowling pace. Like you can't bowl, so no. you can't unless you sort of have some matrix ability. You're not going to sort of hit the seam and go. I know which way this is going to seem. Do you reckon Glenn uh, had that? Um, unless you're James Anderson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, well, just I mean, heading into um, the first match, Australia for Australia, Australia versus Afghanistan. Probably one of the biggest selection issues is who bats three for Australia. So um, I put it to you, lads. Who bats one, two, three for Australia? I presume Smith's batting four for you. Yeah, yeah I think they're going to open with Warner and Finch, and I think that Sean Marsh will beat Usman Khawaja to that spot. One mm-hmm. thing that's kind of important to point out, like everyone's naming their side for the Australia, like the Australia's World Cup side. Like there are mm-hmm. ten matches. There's no doubt mm-hmm. there'll be rotation and experimentation through it, especially if they win the first couple as well. Mm-hmm. Guys are going to go in and out of form. I think there's, you know, we love his chest, but there's a question mark over Stoinis at the moment. Yeah, you know, he, he hasn't uh, made an impact with the bat for quite some time. Yeah. There's a big question mark over how long he takes to start mm-hmm. uh, and where you where you play him. Like, Stoinis at the moment is one of these guys you want to do well and give him every chance to do well. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, he's he'll probably play but and they, they will give him that chance. But, yeah, I think they're going to go for Sean Marsh over Kawaja because as much as Kawaja's average has been fantastic, uh, he's probably just doesn't have as – he's just a little bit more limited than Marsh in terms of his ability to explode. Well, there's probably a question here about facing spin as well. I mean, there is there's, there might have been a chance that Smith might bat three against Afghanistan, given that um, Afghanistan 
actually sometimes open the bowling with spin. Um, so, you know, you lose a wicket early, then you probably want your best player with spin to face those pivotal overs, especially in the first power play. But uh, I suppose we'll find out when Australia do take on Afghanistan in the first match of the World Cup, which is coming up in just a few days' time. So uh, let's move on with the show. Uh, Izzy Westbury coming up. Then after that, we are talking to Will Bukowski. It's Queensgrove Sports' massive birthday sale. All brands reduced to clear. Kookaburra, Grey Nichols, New Balance, GM and more. Everything's priced to make you think it's actually worth it. Needn't you stick to kid yourself that you'll actually average above 11 this season? Don't waste your money on actual therapy. Try retail therapy instead. We've got last year's stock with this year's stickers. And double the price. We've got the brands of yesteryear too. Remember MRF? Brian Lara used one. So that must mean you're good enough to use it too. Flintoff and KP used a woodworm. I'm pretty sure they went into receivership, so we're basically giving them away. Remember when Albion sponsored Chris Martin, the worst batsman of all time? I have no idea how these bizarre alien pads didn't sell out. We've got them! What about those weird Indian brands that look like railway sleepers, weigh the same and have absolutely no middle? We've got you covered. We even sell bats with no stickers on them, so it looks like you're trying to get sponsored, even though you're in fifth grade. So rush into Queen's Grove Sports today and make this season your last. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard, and I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah. I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine. A new kind of Chromebook. Well, lads, she's a cricket reporter with the UK's Telegraph, uh, not to be confused with Australia's Telegraph. This is a good paper. Uh, A BBC (laughs) sport broadcaster and not incongruously at all, an enforcement lawyer with the Financial Conduct Authority. Uh, I'm talking about Izzy Westbury. Izzy, welcome to the show. Uh, first question, did the findings from Australia's Royal Commission go far enough and can you paint a picture of the regulatory mess that is Brexit? I honestly didn't think you were going to go there. Um, there's obviously um, a huge crossover between ethics uh, in finance and banking and cricket, as, 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 as we've seen. And uh, I think mm. the, the bottom line, if we're talking about lines, is we've got to do better, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> there are millions on a royal commission, but lads, just do better. Mm. Mm. Um, okay, uh, Izzy, we're in various places around Australia doing this uh, conversation. What's the vibe like in England ahead of the tournament starting? I know there's... There's a lot of conjecture over whether enough people will see it because it's not on free-to-air, et cetera. But do you get the sense that there is some kind of atmosphere building for the World Cup in the UK? I think there is. Um, I think that we know that we are in the best side in the world and therefore we also know that we're therefore going to get knocked out in the studies. Uh, <laughs> that is the overarching <laughs> vibe. Um, I mean, you only have to look at our kit launch, for example. I mean, what do I say? The kit is beautiful. But where's the inspiration from? 1992. <laughs> what did we do in 1992? We came runners up. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I, I just don't think anybody knows or can even comprehend winning 
it, no one's ever experienced it. And so we're just, we're just in unknown territory. Um, and I mean, it's not even, a, it's not even a sense of daring to dream. We just don't know what it's like. It's like, it's like men going to Mars. We, we just don't know. <laughs> well, how does it, Izzy, how does it compare to say the expectations ahead of the football world cup last summer? Um, cause there was obviously huge expectations there again, let down, but, um, is it kind of on par with that? I mean, I know it's not as mainstream as sport, but there is hype. Are people willing to believe? Well, this is the sort of hilarious thing. Actually, the England, the, the men's team, they, <laughs> I think they got in Gareth Southgate to come and consult them, but he kind of rocked <laughs> up and didn't know what to say because he was like, well, we ended the World Cup and no one thought we'd do anything and then we did do something. But you guys, <laughs> <you're>, <laughs> everyone thinks we're going to do something. So basically, yeah, don't fuck it up. Professional <laughs> <laughs> stuff. Um, is you want to ask? Obviously, there's a few injury scares from yesterday's warm-up game against Australia. Um, you know, Mark Wood went off the field. Joffrey Archer, I think uh, Dawson cop one in the thumb. Um, any sort of injury scares that, that, that Australians can hang on to that's going to decimate this England squad? And is Paul Collingwood the new Gary Pratt? <laughs> Actually, I've got a story about that. Paul Collingwood. So, as you know that. If you get invited into sort of the establishment of, say, the cricket world, that the key thing isn't about um, your, your byline or your, your email. It's about whether you get into the WhatsApp group, right? So I got invited <laughs> of into, obviously, I got invited into the, um, the written media, WhatsApp group. So I basically made it. Mm. And it, 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 mm. it's, it's the England media chap, sort of, he, he'll to tell us about team sheets and some news and a few embargo things. all very serious. But now and again, there's a bit of banter. And yesterday, I was, I was at a different match. I was at an Indian match, which was well, a whole much, another matter. And he, he wrote on the, um, on the WhatsApp group um, that Collingwood has... Uh, <laughs> has Collingwood is stripped. <laughs> and now I read that and went, Paul Collingwood has... Stripped. <laughs> so I wrote back. I read it as Collingwood a strip with those little googly eyes, expecting a whole load of banter to ensue. Absolute silence. Like they just nothing, nothing came out of it. And I, I'm just worried, guys, chat. But I, I've been, I've been shunned. I don't, I don't know what to do. Just ten blokes This is an ask. This is an ask CGC question. What, what do I do in this WhatsApp group? With absolutely silent after what I thought was <laughs> the line of the century. Because <laughs> mm. now, this. though, you can like look and you can get the info on the message and see yeah. who has seen yes. it. You know, I mean, so that's the first yeah. thing I'd that be doing. Work. But if you got two yes. double blue ticks, that means every single person has eyeballed that message and re- yeah. and, and responded with yeah. nothing, which is extremely <laughs> troubling. And I understand oh, your situation. Shit. I'm a yeah. bit um. I'm a bit rattled by it myself. Well, the next one, the, also, next, the next notification needs to be Izzy Westbury has left the group. <laughs> <laughs> but also, Izzy, you, you sh- you've gone against all protocol of WhatsApp groups in revealing what was said by someone in the group. <laughs> yeah. So you, you should leave the group uh, and WhatsApp in general. <laughs> So basically what you're saying is that my career is over before it's even started. This, this is a sad day. Oh, you had a good run. <laughs> I had a good run. I had a good run. It lasted a couple of days. Um, England, I mean, I mean, the approach to our injuries in Australia, I think it's basically we're taking the approach that when you're, you're playing a lesser nation like your, I don't know, your, your, your Netherlands or Namibia's or maybe maybe even your, your Zimbabwe's these days, 
Mm. Um, and of course, we're Australians. Then, then we need to you know, <laughs> rest up on the on the big on the big sellers, and that's when we when we need them really. So that's all it is. Speaking of Australia, Izzy, uh, there was, as we described earlier, uh, the you know tedious interplay began uh, with Warner and Smith entering the field in Hampshire and receiving uh, rapturous boos from the crowd, and then that cued you know the moral grandstanders in Australia saying, "Oh, that's not really right. We wouldn't do that here," and that is you know a, a straight lie. Um, yeah. You know what, what's the what's the feeling in England about Smith and Warner, if any, uh, and how? Do England plan on using crowd boost to, to teach colonial inferiors about behavioural standards? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, obviously there's a sense of inevitability. There's, there's obvious avenues. I mean, the Barmy Army, apparently they've made, what, nine songs now or something along the line. There's going to be the chance. There's going to be the um, the sandpaper. I don't know, the four or six signs in sandpaper writing. That's going to happen. We know that. What's more interesting, actually, is that the establishment have started getting on the act too. It's sort of like state-sponsored sledging. Um, so BBC, <laughs> BBC, they, um, which you know, it's like the state broadcaster. They wrote a song and actually they played it as well. I have to send it to you um, to um, to the tune of Don McLean's American Pie. They've, they've written a song called "The Australian Lie" and it's it's absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if you have seen it, but, it's, but it, you know, lyrics such as singing this will be the itch in Cam's thigh, this will be the itch in Cam's fly. Um, it's <laughs> 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 amazing. Oh my god, <laughs> Took no one writes a parody chain, song. Stuff up one side. <laughs> um, no, no one is better at writing a parody song than a bunch of unemployed blokes. <laughs> oh, of course, you know. And, and of course, the, the only time this ever comes up is when England's doing badly. So I think this, this song came out, I think, when we were getting uh, trounced by West Indies in uh, in the test. So we had to come up with something to kind of make things better. Um, but then, you know, not even only the BBC, but if you look at the other traditional cricketing establishments, like Wisden, uh, um, like MCC. Now, Jeff Lemon is a wonderful writer, and, and, and his book, uh, Steve Smith's Men, which obviously is all about the sandpaper, it won both those awards. Now, I'm not saying it's not because Jeff Lemon wouldn't have won it anyway, but I mean, we're literally endorsing that the sandpaper gate is something that we want to get on the act on, and so it's going to be down in history forevermore. And Wisdom and the MPs Book of the Year was the sandpaper book by Jeff. So. Hmm. It, that's the, that's the interesting stuff. We've got we've got the stuff that we already know, the barmy army, whatever. But it's it's the seeping in of the establishments that just mm. saying, yeah, we want to have this as well. Mm. Um, uh, one other thing is why well, I think I think Steve Smith it's, it's, with Australian sort of the bad boys of Australian cricket. I think David Boone, Shane, we like Australians who are a bit a bit, a bit what was it was the word shit blokes. We like that. <laughs> what we really really like is when you've got when you've got someone who is the idol, I mean, he's winning like Australian of the Year or something, and then he fucks up and then he tries to get back in. Is that a good bloke again? That's what we really hate. I mean, Warner, we can, we can, we can love to hate him. It's a bit like um, <laughs> Mitchell Johnson, and we embraced him, like Shane Warner as well. We kind of love to hate him. Mm. We can love to hate Warner, but we actually really, really hate Steve Smith. Mm-hmm. It's because you need your Australians to be like 1980s stereotypes, like not clever or smart or anything. You just yeah. need them to be like characters <laughs> off Neighbours. When they're characters <laughs> off Neighbours, we understand them, and it's like, dance, Aussie, be that guy. You know, we understand that. <laughs> it's good, well, and, and it's a and nice. Just we need, 
Well, just as we need to fulfill the stereotype of, you know, Monty Python in the 18th century, <laughs> you need to fulfill your stereotype too. I mean, play the role, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone be the thing you always were. Never change. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. Um, Izzy, thank you for giving us a preview and an insight into uh, the state of play in the UK ahead of the World Cup. We'd love to catch up with you. Uh, as the tournament goes on, if you, um, like Dan last week, ever want to speak to us uh, ever again. <laughs> it would be a pleasure, Sanders. Kat actually wrote uh, a three-part fan fiction series a few years ago uh, entitled The Choke, which looked at the, the fallout from the dressing room <laughs> altercation between yourself and Michael Clark. Now, clearly, this incident split the team into two lines, you know, much like Christos Tsiolkas's novel The Slap. Um, can, I, can I send that to you for feedback? Because I think you'll like it. <laughs> I think you've just got good feedback, haven't you? <laughs> fan fiction. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Boys, uh, a few years ago in 2016, as you two know, the, the three of us were uh, nervously occupying seats at the MCG press box. We were frauds uh, in a sea of professional journalists, and later we discovered that imposter syndrome is common among many journalists. Uh, when that happened, a, a polite, well-spoken young man with large forearms approached us asking for a photo, um, as he and his family were, in his words, big fans. Uh, Righto champ, we reflexively responded before learning that we were talking to Will Pukowski, literally the future of Australian cricket. Uh, fast forward a few years, uh, there's hundreds, double hundreds, awards and selections galore. It's been a few twists and turns along the way. I texted him last night to ask if he was A, circuiting and B, came to cut on the show, and he answered yes to both. So um, with that in mind, <laughs> welcome to the grade cricketer, Will Pukowski. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate the little intro. you've changed in three years that was an aggressive tone yeah (laughs) (laughs) I mean well we we don't need to ask about club cricket because you obviously don't deal with that trash anymore Um, so I'll asking how how was last night's circuit Uh, yeah it was good pretty pretty standard just down to the SP in Melbourne which is the hot spot at the moment can't really find anything else so yeah it was good okay the SP is the hot spot that's a that's had a renaissance and um Last time we, we caught up, Will, you mentioned that you were doing an arts degree uh, and you sort of done first year. It was a bit of a bludge. I went through the old interview. Mm. Presumably you're knuckling down now on, on gender studies and sociology with Durkheim and Weber, etc. <laughs> yep. I reckon after that conversation, I turned to my arts degree about two hours later and I haven't been back to uni since. So <laughs> that's a bit unfortunate. But no, I did, I did go back to a bit. I tried to do a business degree for about six months, but struggled my way through that. And then... Yeah, I guess I'm in a little uh, little renaissance from uni for a bit, but we'll see how we go. <laughs> um, I, I, I suppose you're in that um, period away from uni because you've um, literally just been scoring heaps of hundreds. Uh, like, talk us through the summer you've just had. You've been brought into the international fold. It's been centuries. You're the Bradman Young Cricketer of the Year. You won the Shield with Victoria. Uh, how do you reflect on the summer? Yeah, it's been 
Uh, yeah, it's been, it was a big summer, obviously, and a few sort of highs, a few lows, but uh, obviously awesome to win the Shield in Victoria. Um, as obviously saying that at 21 is pretty special to do. Um, and yeah, it was a big summer, but obviously looking forward to a few things coming ahead as well, so should be good. Will, so like, let's be honest, what do you have to do to get on a plane to the Ashes? Like, aside from hijacking plane itself or, or marrying one of Justin Langer's daughters and you're probably too young to sell it down let's be honest well what do you need to do to get picked in that squad between now and then uh oh it's a good question we've got the aid to us so a few runs on that would be handy I think uh that'll be a good start and then I don't really know other than that sort of a bit of a luck of the draw thing obviously with Smith and Water coming back there's two batting spots that are taken up um, a bit annoying, isn't it? Yeah, it's sort of just, oh, well, can't win them all, but that's right. Um, <laughs> probably good for Australia, at least. Uh, <laughs> that's the wrong answer. Yeah. <laughs> good for Australia, if um, not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, just the A's will hold a fair bit of weight, I would think, for that five one days and a few four days after that as well, so there we go over there. Mate, obviously you were brought in for the um, the Sri Lanka series at the end of the summer there, and then um, sort of went with Curtis Patterson, who was obviously just in the the real midst of a, a run scoring spree himself at that point. So you sort of missed out on your test taboo and what otherwise might have been. But have you had conversations with sort of Justin Langer, you know, around that time or even since then? Uh, I've, yeah, I have chats, so not necessarily about selection, more just general things. Mm. Um, but yeah, election. Been, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's just been more, more, more just yeah, general stuff and mm. sort of catching up on how I'm going. Now the shield or back into the shield season is going, but mm. um, I know you probably don't want me to say this, but it's pretty hard not to pick a bloke who's just made two hundred in the warm up game against the ten playing against. Yeah, it is quite yeah. logical thinking, but. Will like just in terms of the Ashes, there, there are still batting spots up for grabs and Cricket Australia has essentially selected like every batsman who could possibly be in contention for both like an like an A to a one day series and then a four day series and you're in both of those sides I mean are you just fully focused on doing everything possible to be part of that Ashes squad? I mean where, where's your head at with it? Um to be honest, not really. I'm sort of obviously I've been for a bit over the last year or two, and it's probably more. Um, I'm trying to sort of leave selection in the back burner a bit. I think it's one of those things that can stress you out quite a bit, regardless of what level you're playing at. So, mm. um, probably honestly more about just going over there and just sort of trying to win and enjoy it because I think that's probably the best sort of cricket anyway. Um, again, that's probably a bit too sensible for this podcast, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things. So you sort of enjoy them. Um, at the end of the day, I'm 21, so if you get picked, it's amazing. If you don't, there's uh, plenty going on in Melbourne to occupy me for a couple of months before the thing starts. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll. You're obviously a glutton for runs. Um, this this season just passed. You hit 242 in, in one innings. I'm just curious as to your thoughts on celebrating each 50 run increment post hitting the century. Like, how do you how do you celebrate a 150 versus like a 200? Mm. Is the 200 celebrated with more gusto than the 100? Or did you study archive footage of Bradman celebrating his various milestones? Can you kind of run us through the celebration? Yeah, 
Um, I always thought this is just this might just be my perception, but like for each fifty, it's less carry on than each hundred. So even though one hundred and fifty is more than a hundred, you carry on less just because that's mm. sort of the principle. Business as usual. I don't know what the goal is, but I'm sort of if you watch like and stuff I think they usually go that way I don't know I'll have to look at it more closely but it's just like for me it's kind of approach it. yeah but it's like if you hit 100 and you celebrate wildly you should celebrate even more wildly when you hit 150 because it's 50 more runs yeah, than like, the 100 yeah. logically, logically that would make sense but I think it's mm. probably like everyone wants to make 100 before they go out but that yeah. when you get 100 that's the ultimate yes. everything else yes. is sort of a bonus from there I think it's right yeah I think it's probably because when you score 100 someone inevitably yells out start again so then the 150 is actually yeah. only 50 that's probably what it is yeah all the halfway there yeah yeah <laughs> like I get it like 150 isn't a multiple of 100 though which has this kind of mm. arbitrary like iconicism yeah. in cricket so like 150 doesn't go isn't divisible you know by 100 yeah, in a, in a <laughs> And why does everyone subscribe to the 100 being the thing? Like, if, if Chinese play cricket, like, I mean, I know that the number eight is of importance for the Chinese. Like, what if they scored 88 and just a huge celebration? Yeah. Well, in the, in the one-day game, that might be worthwhile. Sorry, Will, he asked you a question, then I answer it. Um, um, let's move. This is getting silly, so let's move into the throwdowns section. I think we may have already begun it, but um, I have, you've got a, quite a lively social media presence. Uh, for the, I'd just like to refer people to my guests' uh, social media mm. presences, but um, so follow Will, but uh, you, share, you share views on matters as varied as AFL, EPL, The Bachelor, Married at First Sight, and just general observations <laughs> about your friends. Um, so I just want to refer you to a tweet you posted the other day, May 21. My friend George Fry had the chance to hang out with his mates tonight. Instead, he decided to take a girl out for dinner who has a boyfriend and followed that up by taking another girl out for ice cream who also has a boyfriend, poor form George. Mm. So I just uh, are you able to provide a bit of background to that story and do you appreciate that your words specifically have significant reach across the globe? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have enough followers for it to have that much. But a bemused Indians gave us some feedback about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I just think the general premise is like you can hang out with a girlfriend over your mates occasionally, that's okay, but to do it with a girl who has a boyfriend that is just stupid, that you're not getting anything out of that and you have the opportunity to hang out with your mates. I'm not saying you can't be friends with girls, but like if the boys are catching up, it, you should like that should take priority. But just like as a follow up, there, like in your group of friends, do they do they then go, oh god, like like Will Pekowski's Twitter shame to me, like this is Will Pekowski. Like is that how you teach lessons to your friends whose behaviour you don't like? You just Twitter shame them. Well, I've sort of had a couple of tips with George recently on Instagram as well because what he does is he tries to do it really sneakily, which implies it's more. If you just open and honest about it and say this is what I'm doing, then like we'll probably give it to you a bit, but uh, mm. at the end of the day, at least they told us, but he does it in a way where he tries to get away with it, so he'll flick off his Find My Friends, he'll flick off his Snap Maps, <laughs> and try to get away with it, but then if really? he gets caught out, that's when it's sort of extra, yeah. um, I guess, right. exciting for us, yeah. and it's a bit of a, so it's sort of one of those things where it's that yeah, dishonesty which makes it a bit harder to, harder to cop as a friend, but yeah, yeah. it makes sure that I think I got 200 likes on the tweet in the end, so obviously... <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I got about 200. Yeah. You're a man of convictions. Yeah. Strong convictions. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I was trying to get the message out of it. Mm. 
announce it out there further. Uh, Will, another one from me. Um, you've, I understand you've circuited with the Australian squad. Um, can you give us some insight into what a test standard circuit looks like in terms of like who chooses the venue, who are the alphas, who doesn't pay for a round, etc. And please obviously be aware that your answers are on public record, so don't hold back. <laughs> I think no one, no one pays for a round. Is the taxpayer paying for the round, are we? Hmm. I think so, yeah. I think whoever the owner of the bar or the bar is is the one paying Mm. for the round most of the time. Mm. Um, Mm. It's very, funny enough, it's very similar structurally to a club circuit where sort of you you look at it as like a first 11 to fourth 11 sort of set up, but Mm. the more games you've played, the more presence and sort of power you've got in terms of where we go. Probably the main difference is the um, extra sort of hanger on is I noticed that mm. uh, quite significant when a few of the big boys rolled in, but I don't right. attention when you've had a few drinks isn't the worst thing in the world. So I assume that you're on a circuit, so you're not wearing team kit, are you? There's no team polos or anything. No. No. So what's like what, what's Justin La- like what's Justin Langer wearing like three quarter pants and a polo? Like, what, what is, what, what's everyone wearing? Uh, corduroys. So, well, I've only been on one circuit, and Jail didn't join us, so I can't comment on that. But right. um, the kit actually stays pretty standard. There might be a few extra garments, like a few Rolexes or something you wouldn't see normally. IPL mm. money. One of the perks, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So, mm. Yeah, it's actually it was a good experience. To be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably just one of those things where you felt like a new kid at a club again, where you sort of Absolutely. Um, well, you were the worthy recipient of the Bradman Young Cricketer Award back in February. Um, given that it's generally accepted that professional athletes have become exponentially better than those in the generations before, how satisfying <laughs> is it to know that you're probably a better player than Bradman ever was? <laughs> um Pukowski <laughs> <laughs> rates himself better than yep. Bradman. Fox Sports is yeah, already writing it. I can yeah. hear the typewriter. We got it. Yeah. We got it. Jacob, don't write um, it. He's joking. Yeah. Ah, You already have. Yeah. It's already up online. Yeah, no, it's really good. It's going to be better than moment. I like that you put the modifier maybe. A bit over the top. <laughs> anyway, no, listen, this is this is unfair. Okay, uh, so so will. Uh, stories emerged uh, upon your um, selection in the Australian squad recently that um, such was the kind of hype around what a good player you were as a junior, and you must have been quite good. Um, that Ricky Ponting was secretly flown to watch you play uh, and to observe whether you were any good or not. And I guess my question to you is, um, did you know he was there when you were 11 years old or was he like one of those dads that doesn't want to put pressure on his son and therefore hides behind a tree? <laughs> <laughs> um, Just peeking out the side. Well, I, I didn't know he was there, so he did a good job of hiding if he was suddenly flying to watch one of my under-12 games. Um <laughs> So was he really there? I mean, it's kind of like when my dad said that he used to come to my games, but I never actually <laughs> saw him there. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> well, maybe your dad and Mickey are similar. I don't know. But I had a I had a hit with him when I was all, uh, maybe ten or eleven in the net. Um, uh-huh. 
So I don't know if that 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 might be the actual story, and it might have been married up to um, what you've just come up with there over the years. But um, mm. yeah, I don't recall him ever actually being at a game I was playing, and him right him or hiding behind a tree. Would he still been? Would he still been playing that? Yeah, he would have definitely. Mm. Yeah, I don't know, man. Ponting never came to my game. So I, I, I just blacked out in the start. So Ponting flew to watch you, or, or did, was he driven? I, was he flown? Pez, oh, did I don't he, know. You're the ones with the story. Pez, the story that you read. Uh, yeah, no, he was flown private jet. Private jet, okay. Um, yeah, cool. on Drake's so, plane. What? Who's private jet? What was it? It was Drake's oh, plane. Was on, on, oh, didn't offset that. his carbon emissions either. Mm. Early IPL <laughs> money. Mm. Early IPL money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think uh, well, look, I've just got I've just got one more here, Will. Um, so just in the same way that a former test cricketer and hair replacement advocate has now four times rejected invitations to appear on this show, um, at what point? <laughs> During this year's Ashes series, will your star have risen sufficiently enough to warrant you ignoring communication from us? Or is our colourful <laughs> veteran um, offered grateful for the opportunity, but no uh, in capital letters? <laughs> um, <laughs> probably last year I was three or four deep last night. When was I try to stay pretty, um, stay pretty loyal. And I, I remember how starstruck I was in the box that day. As you said in the intro, so that hasn't changed. So I guess you are probably in luck in that regard. I get starstruck easily. Yeah, mate. There's zero doubt that you won't remember us in 24 months. Will Bukowski, <laughs> um, thanks, uh, thanks very much for coming on the show. You are very loyal to do so. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Look, to be honest, I don't try and take the piss too much, but the problem is you start to get a little bit bored. So I sort of... I used to hate that. I sort of... uh, I try and do the right thing by the competition, I must admit. When I go there, I try and play conventionally, but realistically, I'm thinking from ball one, I just want to park this fucking thing into the car park. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't want to come out of it and people say, look at that arsehole, Hodgie, you know, so... Hashtag Ask TGC. Welcome back where we get the chance to answer your ridiculous, long, lengthy, exuberant questions each week. And this one comes in from at Real Stuart Kemp. He said, this is mostly for you, Pez. Uh, This is a cricket question wrapped up in an identity crisis. I have attended eight Ashes tests in the UK across three tours, only ever tasting abject defeat. Having now lived in London for five years as an Australian, I have been rendered scarred and broken. These scars, however, are not induced by the consistent losing, but by my very brothers and sisters living abroad. With the approach of the World Cup and, more importantly, the Ashes, I have bore witness to some of the most nauseating displays of Australianness that I have lost my nationalistic cricket-loving identity. Observing these pathetic, self-serving sycophants over (laughs) here has rendered me embarrassed to support my own nation. These people usually identified playing Aussie rules or heard screaming their accents out in the pub in a weak attempt to heighten their own inadequate and incorrect perception of their uniqueness. In the most vile of occasions, they are a part of some sort of fanatics club, often seen with green and gold face paint, having just had a fresh injection of finances from the bank of mum and dad, as unsurprisingly, again, they failed to budget despite 
um, despite their great job pouring pints. What am I to do? I feel it be as inevitable as our top order failing against the swinging red duke that this upcoming summer of cricketing bliss will be spoiled by my own people who are often uh, distinguished by the use of the phrase get around me. I cannot, however, fathom anyone any more English cricketing success. Please help from Stu. That, I don't know why that one's just for Pez. Maybe it's just like from living over in uh, the UK for a little bit. But um, this question years. of like, yeah, how do you? Three of us have done. How do you? Um, <laughs> how do you like feel and be a proud Australian when so many Australians in the UK, especially those who say "get around me" and identify playing Aussie rules and play Aussie rules down the south of London a lot when you're living in the UK, are so ubiquitous everywhere? It's a question that I don't really know the answer to, but. You, you know, you can't. There, there's the people exist. You know, there are there are good Aussies out there. Haven't found them yet, but they're, they're good. <laughs> well, it's not just England that Australians go to. I mean, this is a global phenomenon. Australians are everywhere. They're in the US. They're in you know the deepest reserves of you know, Latin America. You know, kicking Aussie rules balls around and shouting "Get around me" in a pub, and, or in places you know of, of of deep religious belief. You know, like in places where they they really really shouldn't be doing this. Um, I, I don't know what the answer is here, other than to stop granting visas to people who are shit cunts. <laughs> <laughs> you mean other countries granting them to Australians? Yes. Yes. He goes. I like the way I, I, I don't know. I like the way Stu wrote that. But like, there, there, I mean, there is nothing worse than when people go, they move away from home to go and find sex of home in another country. And like, I mean, London specifically is just is just a you know, it's probably it's probably the third largest city of Australians outside Sydney and Melbourne, mm. if I had to guess. Um, so. Um, I don't know. Get around them. Mm. Get around them, Stu. Just get it. Yeah, if you can't beat them, join them, I reckon. Yep. Face paint. Yep, face paint. Um, we're going to lose. Yeah. yeah. Or are we? <laughs> yeah. Good point. Uh, There's no point uh, there. Love. <laughs> 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 um, well, last one, because it's been a long cast, uh, from Hugh Patterson. Hi, chaps. He says, was hoping you might be able to offer some advice on a rather troubling matter involving body shaming. I'm currently in the process of toilet training my young son. Apparently a big part of this is him watching me relieve myself so he knows what the toilet is for and how to use it. Okay. Unfortunately, every morning is a horror show. My son stands next to me as I'm passing water, looks at my member, then looks at me and laughs uncontrollably. This happens every morning and I've never felt so self-conscious in my life. Obviously, I need to toilet train my son, but I don't know if I can take the body shaming. Any advice would be appreciated. Uh, well, cricket's I, ruins yeah. um, his life, ruins Hugh's life. He, he can never be exposed in any sort of manner, let alone by his son, who wouldn't know what he's a toddler, a mere toddler. I mean, Dave, you are you are a father. You are mm-hmm. one of two fathers in this trio. Discuss. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm getting to that point. I mean, he. My son is what sixteen months now, but I don't. He, I can't have him stand next to the toilet because he actually really is interested in the toilet and probably would want to put his hands into mm. the toilet and surely my stream as a consequence of that, um, mm. which I also I believe is the thing that happens. Mm. Um, so I don't put him on the ground. I hold him, but he does arch his head over to watch the entire thing. 
So mm. you go to the toilet, you, you, you urinate. My son is watching the entire experience. He hasn't actually shown any kind of, you know, reaction to it yet. Um, mm. But maybe it's just the perspective he's, you know, watching it from. Mm. Yeah, like uh, like my son just grabs my leg, you know, and just tugs tugs on my leg, like while I'm mm. trying to do a wee, and uh, I find that quite frustrating. But I mean, I suppose to, in answer to the question, rather than just descri- describing what our various children do when we go to the toilet, but um, like Hugh, I would I would focus on toilet training your son rather than um, overlaying club cricket uh, <coughs> like social phenomena. To, mm. to your young son just wanting mm. to learn how to use the bathroom, you know what I mean? And, like, yep. thinking that your body has been shamed by just a toddler who just wants his father to teach him how to use the bathroom. Um, mm. uh, like, I mean, like he said, club cricket's really, really done a number on you, and I'd urge mm. you just to um, wake up a little mm. bit, um, let mm. that go, and be a father to your son and teach mm. him how to use the toilet. Well, as you said towards the end of it, obviously I need to toilet train my son. Yeah, mm. you do. Mm. And please just do that. Um, mm. And just accept that, yeah. <laughs> your, your deep-seated anxieties that stem from, you know, potentially being uh, humiliated in the cricket change rooms should, you know, be swept aside in favour mm. of just educating your son around general social customs that he must uh, simply uh, learn how to do, otherwise he won't be able to fit into society. I'd like to change my answer and tell Hugh that maybe he'd like, like to think about, you know, splitting up his gym routine, uh, maybe maybe focus on lats, uh, lats and shoulders maybe, uh, you know, chest and backs, obviously a famous uh, regime, arms in the same day, shoulders mm. twice a week, really get that V taper. Is that, is that what he wants to say? That's what I always want you to say. Quick is that just? Did you just press a button? Because I feel like if you've, I've heard that exact um, comment from you before, like a pre-recorded Hugo's response. Yeah. Before we came on the show and you said, how are you? And I just said that exact thing. Um, all right. Well, thanks as ever um, uh, for, for tuning in and listening to this, uh, this show. Uh, we've got another one coming out this week. And then when the World Cup starts proper, three shows per week all, drew, all through the World Cup. Uh, thank you very much to Izzy Westbury over in the UK and Will Bukowski in a hotel room in Brisbane after a circuit. Ian Higgins here signing off with Sam Perry and Dave Edwards. We'll see you later in the week.